0: Hi, thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform, and also our social media. We prepare a graphic of the book, with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now, and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps, so you know everything about the book in minutes.
1: You're listening to the book summary presentation of Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini Narrated by Larry G. Jones Based on years of research, Cialdini discovered six key principles of persuasion which lead people to say yes automatically. Understanding these principles and associated techniques can help you to improve your influence and concurrently guard against others' manipulation. Introduction There's too much information and environmental stimuli for our brains to process everything. To survive and make quick decisions, we use cues or shortcuts to trigger pre-programmed behaviors. For example, if someone waves a sharp knife at you, your brain registers danger and you'd step back instantly Likewise, the right cues can lead us to say yes automatically. Based on years of research, Cialdini discovered six key weapons of influence, each built on a psychological principle of persuasion. Underlying all six principles is material self-interest, that is, everyone wants to pay the least yet get the most. Each principle can be used to bring positive change or deceive others, depending on the intention of the user. Being aware of these weapons of influence allows us to guard against those who try to manipulate us to comply with their requests. We'll now look at the six principles of persuasion in more detail. The first principle is reciprocity. Basically, when we receive something, we feel obliged to repay it. You'd feel indebted to repay a favor, even if you don't like the person. And it's a vital part of societal advancement, since it makes it less risky for people to offer help or goodwill. In an experiment, a man intentionally gave a free bottle of Coke to some participants, but not others, Those who received the free drink later bought twice as many number of raffle tickets from the man as a favor compared with those who didn't. In sales, free samples are commonly used to trigger the reciprocity principle and let customers try the product. It's also proven that you're more likely to get a donation if you give someone a small gift first. Reciprocity even works in politics and war. During World War I, a soldier was released after he shared his only piece of bread with the enemy who had captured him. When you receive a concession, you'll also feel obliged to give a concession. There are two related compliance techniques built on this principle, reject then retreat and large then small. Basically, the other party starts with a larger request, such as selling an item for $20. If you reject the request, he or she makes a smaller request, like selling you a less valuable item for $5. In this case, you're likely to agree because the second request seems smaller by contrast and the requesting party seems to have made a concession in this case you're likely to agree because the second request seems smaller by contrast and the requesting party seems to have made a concession this triggers you to also make a concession by switching from no to yes interestingly the receiving party doesn't usually feel cheated in fact such techniques increase the chance of securing an agreement the chance the agreement will be fulfilled and the satisfaction level of the receiving party this is because we feel responsible for the concession given by the other party and thus honor the outcome we also feel more satisfied with the arrangement and are more likely to repeat it in the future however the reciprocity principle can be used against us. We may be pressured to accept something that we don't want or dislike, then find ourselves cornered to return the favor, resulting in a lose-lose situation. A small gift or favor may also be used to trigger a much larger favor, resulting in an unfair exchange. So how do we protect ourselves? It doesn't make sense to reject all favors, gifts, and concessions since many are genuine and advantageous to us. The key is to identify the true intention of the requester. Start by accepting the favor or gift offered to you. If the person starts to make demands or requests after that, simply redefine the situation mentally. Recognize that it's not a real favor or concession, but a persuasive maneuver. This frees you from your sense of obligation, and you can say no. The second principle of persuasion is consistency. Once we take a stand or make a choice, we feel compelled to behave consistently with our earlier commitment and to justify our own decisions. Most cultures value consistency, and it's associated with clarity, reliability, or honesty. Consistency also provides a mental shortcut to minimize our thinking effort. Once we've decided on something, it's easier to use it to guide future decisions. It even allows us to avoid difficult realities. For example, we may prefer to tell ourselves that It's good enough to keep doing what we've been doing rather than develop new approaches. For the consistency principle to kick in, a real commitment must be made with a fundamental shift in self-image. Generally, a commitment takes root if it's active, public, and effortful. When you actively do something in support of a position or decision, you become more committed to it. Thus, a written statement can be very powerful as it makes the person's views concrete and can be shown to others. The more public your stand, the more reluctant you'll be to change it for fear of appearing inconsistent. In a study, students were asked to make choices before they were given conflicting data Those who wrote down and signed next to their choices were the most unwilling to change their views, while those who didn't write down their choices were most willing to change them. In addition, the more effort you put into your choice, the more you will value and justify it. This is why tough initiation programs are so popular in tribal and fraternal societies. The more people endure to secure their membership, the more they're committed to it. We also feel more ownership of a decision if we make the choice without huge rewards or threats. On the contrary, if we believe that we did something just to get a reward or to avoid a threat, our self-image remains unchanged and we'll stop those behaviors once the reward or threat is removed. Once a firm commitment is made, there will be lasting changes to our choices and behaviors. The commitment grows legs as we find new ways to justify it and make new choices in various situations to stay consistent. Unfortunately, blind consistency is often used against us. Toy manufacturers may advertise certain toys during the Christmas season, but understock them. To keep their promises to the kids, parents find themselves buying substitutes during Christmas, then getting another set of the originally intended toys when they're back in stock after Christmas. Another common sales strategy is to start with a small purchase then use it to open the door for bigger sales. A deceitful salesperson may even offer an artificially low price, secure your commitment with paperwork, trial runs, etc., before revealing at the last minute that there had been a mistake in the calculation or an omission. During the Korean War, Many Americans were captured as prisoners of war by the Chinese communists and successfully converted using the consistency principle. The Chinese initially got the Americans to make small, seemingly harmless statements like the United States is not perfect, then progressively got them to make bigger commitments, such as listing down problems in America, and even writing essays on them. The best way to avoid being manipulated is to become aware of it before we make a commitment. If you feel unsure about a situation, pause and ask, Knowing what I know now, if I could go back in time, would I still make the same choice? Then, pay attention to the first gut impression that comes to you before your logic kicks in. If your gut feel is one of discomfort or uncertainty, put aside your inclination to stick to past commitments and take time to review the facts. The third principle of persuasion is social proof. This principle says that when we're uncertain how to behave or react, we look to others for answers. Generally, this rule of thumb is useful to help us figure out norms or acceptable behaviors quickly. We assume that if lots of people are doing something, it must be correct. Clubs create artificially long queues to give the impression that they are packed. Advertisers use fastest growing or best selling to signal that certain products are popular. TV shows and comedies use canned laughter because it's proven to make the audience laugh more and laugh longer. The principle is the most powerful when we are emulating the behavior of people who are similar to us. That's why so many testimonials feature the average person on the street. Social proof can even help to overcome phobias Children who were afraid of dogs overcame their fear after repeatedly watching a video of a child happily playing with a dog. Pluralistic ignorance is a social proofing phenomenon where a large group of people go along with something they personally disagree with, but incorrectly assume is acceptable because others are also doing it. In a tragic incident, A woman was attacked near her house for more than 30 minutes and eventually killed with multiple stab wounds. 38 people watched the attack from their own homes, yet no one called for help until the woman was dead. When there are many people around, everyone assumes someone else will help, so no one takes action. Moreover, When people around us seem calm and unflustered, we infer that the situation cannot be an emergency. If you're ever caught in an emergency, the best strategy to get help is to be clear and specific about the help you need and assign one person in the crowd to take action. For example, you sir, in the blue shirt, I'm having a heart attack, call the ambulance now. Our herd instinct is so strong that it can even extend to aggression and suicide. More than two centuries ago, a German novel, in which the hero committed suicide, was banned after the story triggered a wave of suicides in Europe. Today, front-page suicide stories are usually followed by a spike in deadly accidents which Cialdini believes are suicides masked as accidents so insurance payouts won't be forfeited. In fact, the profiles of drivers in the accidents closely match those of the news coverage. News articles about a young person's suicide are followed by a surge of accidents involving young drivers, while news about an older person's suicide are followed by a surge of accidents involving older drivers. It's useful to learn from others so long as the feedback is valid and valuable to us. In particular, beware of two types of social proof. First, intentionally falsified social evidence like fictitious testimonials or bogus statistics. Cialdini urges us to expose and take strong action against tricksters so they can't continue to deceive others. Second, wrong social evidence, such as a pluralistic ignorance, or actions that are replicated in a way that no longer makes sense.
0: Hello, listener. Thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform and also our social media. We have prepared a graphic summary with the main ideas and teachings of this incredible bestseller. Click on the link Book Graphic in the description to have access to a material where we combine the perfect mental stimuli so that you know and understand the great intuitions of the author.
1: Periodically examine the evidence around you, like how a pilot monitors its instrument panel and environment instead of depending fully on the autopilot. We've just covered the first three principles of persuasion, reciprocity, consistency, and social proof. The fourth principle is liking. Generally, we're more likely to agree to someone's request if we know and like the person. Friendships and personal relationships bring a sense of connection, safety, and obligation, which influence our choices. Tupperware parties are a great example of how various weapons of influence are put to use. The reciprocity principle is evoked via upfront games and prizes. Participants are asked to share how they've used and benefited from Tupperware to gain their commitment, social proof is presented when people buy Tupperware at the parties, and the rule of liking is activated since you're invited by a friend. A relationship can be leveraged even if the person is not physically present. For example, using referrals. A salesperson gets a customer to admit that he or she likes a product, then asks for names of friends who'd also benefit from it. When the salesperson contacts the prospects, it's harder for them to say no to a friend's recommendation. This principle works even if there are no established friendships. You simply need to get someone to like you. There are several factors that predictably influence likability. First, Physical attractiveness Good-looking people have an unfair social advantage because we unconsciously associate physical appeal with positive traits like talent, honesty, kindness, and intelligence. Attractive people are more likely to get help or change others' opinions. They even receive lighter sentences in criminal trials and higher than average compensations second similarity we tend to like people who are similar to us be it in background interests age or religion you can get someone to like you better by dressing like him or her or claiming to share similar interests third compliments when someone praises us We tend to view the person favorably, even if the praise is clearly inaccurate or comes with vested interests. Fourth, contact and cooperation. We like what's familiar. The more we're exposed to something, the more we're predisposed toward it. So long as the exposure doesn't involve bad experiences and the other party seems to cooperate with us, Studies found that racial differences are more easily overcome when students of different races pool resources and cooperate to achieve a common goal. Finally, conditioning and association. Our feelings toward people are affected by what we associate them with. For example, we dislike people who bring us bad news even if they've not caused the news. That's why advertisers use celebrities and attractive models to associate their brand with beauty and desirability. And politicians try to associate themselves with positive news about job creation or advancement projects, even if they've not contributed to it. All of us also unconsciously associate ourselves with success to look and feel good. People get emotional and defensive over their local or favorite sports teams because they associate themselves with the teams and take the wins and losses personally. On the day after a match, people are more likely to wear the winning team's jersey than the losing teams. We also tend to use we when describing a successful project and use they when describing a failure. Rather than trying to stop yourself from liking others, learn to identify when someone is deliberately using the rule of likability on you. Once you notice the feeling of strong liking for someone, ask yourself, in the time that I've known this person, is there a reason to like him or her as much as I do? make a deliberate mental effort to separate the person from the request he or she is making the fifth principle of persuasion is authority each one of us to varying degrees is wired to obey figures of authority it's an integral part of how our society functions without it there'd be confusion and anarchy authority also offers a shortcut to decision making that is we let others do the thinking for us and simply get rewarded for following orders however blind obedience is obviously undesirable in an experiment participants were instructed by an authority figure in a lab coat to administer increasingly larger voltages to another person to supposedly study the relationship between pain and learning. Most participants followed orders even when the voltages reached fatal levels on the meter and the subjects were screaming and begging them to stop. In reality, of course, no charges were released in the experiment. Many studies also found that doctors' orders in hospitals are followed blindly even when the instructions obviously didn't make sense there are several symbols titles clothes and trappings that predictably trigger our compliance to authority and can be used to manipulate our choices and behaviors first it's relatively easy for con men to forge titles and credentials or artificially improve their perceived status by increasing their size, height, or other outward signs of power. Second, people wearing guard uniforms and business suits have been found to exert more influence over others. When a man wore a well-tailored business suit, he had 3.5 times more pedestrians following him when he jaywalked compared to when he dressed in normal clothes. Finally, trappings or symbols of status, like jewelry and prestige cars, also affect how we perceive and react to others. The best way to neutralize this principle is to simply be mindful that authority symbols can be faked. Ask two questions. Is this authority truly an expert And, how truthful can I expect this expert to be? Filter out hollow symbols, examine if the credentials are valid and relevant, and if the person is truly credible and objective. We've come to the last principle of persuasion, scarcity. Generally, we perceive something to be more valuable when it's less available, Human beings value choices and freedom and are naturally loss-averse. That is, we are more motivated not to lose something than to gain something. We also use an item's availability to gauge its quality. We'll value something more if we see its quantity reduced before our very eyes, compared to if it had been scarce from the onset. That's why downtrodden people who have always lived in deprivation tend to accept their fate, whereas those who experience a period of improvement followed by a sharp decline are more likely to rise in a revolution. Children whose parents give them privileges without consistent rules also tend to become more rebellious. We desire something the most If it seems to be less available due to competition that's why advertisers show crowds of people flocking to snap up their goods and property agents intentionally arrange for multiple prospects to view a house concurrently even romantic pursuits seem more intense if there's a rival involved things that are banned also tend to be more desired When information is censored, people not only want the information more, but tend to believe it more. Juries who were told not to consider a piece of information in a trial ended up using it even more. There are several common sales tactics used to scare prospects into buying immediately so they won't lose a deal. The salesperson may tell you that there's only a limited number of products left, that an opportunity or offer is expiring soon or you have to buy right now because the price will go up or the item will no longer be available when we encounter scarcity our emotions take over and we're less likely to evaluate the situation thoughtfully to counter this start by becoming aware of your emotional arousal when someone is applying scarcity tactics then evaluate the situation in two steps stop and calm yourself first then consider why you want that item scarcity may increase the satisfaction of possessing something but it doesn't improve its utility that is A cookie won't taste better or satisfy your hunger more because it is scarce. If you're buying something for consumption, focus only on the utility value. So there you are, the six principles of persuasion. Reciprocity, consistency, social proof, liking, authority, and scarcity. Each of these principles offer shortcuts to decision-making, but can also be used against us if we're not mindful. With technological advancement, a faster pace of life, and information overload, we're depending more than ever on such shortcuts for quick decisions. By using the six principles, we can positively influence others and protect ourselves from deception. The book is full of detailed case studies and examples to explain each of the six principles, illustrate how they work, and how they can be used against us. If you've enjoyed the ideas in this summary, do get a copy of the book or visit influenceatwork.com for more details. We hope you've enjoyed this book summary presentation of Influence By Robert Cialdini. Read by Larry G. Jones.
0: Hi, thanks for listening to Top Audiobooks. Remember to follow our channel here on the platform and also our social media. We prepare a graphic of the book with the author's key points and main ideas. Click that book graphic link in description now and have access to an illustrated material with simple and easy steps, so you know everything about the book in minutes.